Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today, I welcome onto the podcast David Miles from the PPC Machine. If you've not heard of the term PPC, it stands for pay-per-click with the likes of online advertising, which we'll get into a bit further into the podcast. So the PPC machine is a tried and tested system that combines the use of Google ads with value propositions and landing pages to increase conversions from leads. So a bit of a background to David, he's a consultant, a trainer, a speaker, and a published author, so the list keeps on going, and he's helped thousands of businesses market themselves effectively online since 2003. Whilst running the PPC machine, David has also been the finance director of a company with over £26 million turnover that has over 200 staff. So if anyone needs an extra hour in the day, it's definitely David at the minute. We were talking about how, before the podcast started, how Zoom calls at the moment save him going into London and save him a bit of travelling time. So so welcome to the podcast, David. Thank you very much for coming on. Oh, great to be here. Thanks for having me. So you're having a, having a good day so far, not having to travel into London and, and sit on the tube for an hour? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it, I really, I was saying something the other day, I look at my diary now from like two years ago, and I think, how did I fit in all that, you know, going from one meeting to another? And because... Yeah, I don't find that now I'm sitting around twiddling my thumbs for an hour a day, you know. <laughs> we were talking about how it's with Zoom calls and with online meetings, you're a lot more efficient because you're not having to travel. You're not using that hour in between, are you? That's right. I mean, I, you know, it is more efficient. I, I would say, you know, the biggest thing I miss from it is I used to spend a lot of time in the car listening to and I would mostly listen to podcasts and things during that time so I have to make a lot more and I like listening to podcasts because you know I listen to the kind of a lot of the ones I listen to things where you know you're learning new stuff and things like that so I have to make a much more conscious effort now to think right you know I'm going to go out for a walk for an hour and listen to this podcast or stuff like that but uh, yeah everyone's kind of taken a walk in haven't they in the last year everyone's an hour yeah I have to have a walk in the mornings before I start work because otherwise it's just I move from one bedroom to the other and that's you yeah they just don't move i even i heard a story i think it was during the first lockdown about someone who uh, who what he'd started doing was obviously he was working from home at that point like everyone else but he would every morning walk out his front door just walk five minutes around the block come back in and go to his home office so he added and then do the equivalent at the end of the day just so there was that mental separation between domestic and and work it, 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 i used to like to drive home from work because you could just reset yeah i kind of go from the office to the sofa and you just then just in front of netflix all night anyway but anyway right business let's talk business otherwise we have hours. so the ppc machine when did you set it up and can you give us i've given a bit of an introduction to it but give us a bit of a breakdown uh so i set it up in when was it 2016 uh so prior to that i'd had other businesses in the digital marketing um arena i'd uh, i'd had a, a sort of more general digital marketing agency that I'd built up and then um, sold my share in that a, f- uh, a few years beforehand. I then focused on um, on training. Um, I'd always done a fair bit of, of training of people you know, running public training courses on various parts of uh, digital marketing uh, and then set this business up in 2016. And because I, I wanted it to be just me, I didn't want to have staff and offices um, anymore. Um, I thought, well, I need to 
need to have a niche, need to focus in on a particular sector. And because I, my very first experience of digital marketing many years ago was when I ended up owning half of an IFA firm um, and I'd had other mortgage broker and financial advisor clients since. I thought, well, that's that's an obvious area to focus into. So uh, I do have some clients from other sectors, but the, you know, the majority of my clients are in the financial services space. And it, I suppose it's really useful when people talk to you knowing and it's similar for myself because I niche down into mortgage brokers and estate agents when they come to you they know that you know your stuff in this particular sector instead of being what's the saying I try and get it right all the time instead of being a mile wide and an inch deep you're an inch wide and a mile deep yes so I hadn't heard that expression before but yes that's that's right yeah (laughs) I was closing my eyes when I said that (laughs) I was thinking I've got to get this right it's been recorded But it, uh, yeah, definitely. And it, it, it does make a difference. I mean, I think it makes a difference in any industry, but particularly something like financial services. You know, there's a lot of technical terms that, you know, if someone talks to me about, you know, different types of mortgages, obviously I understand what they are. You know, I know, I think I even say this on the website somewhere, I know my CMAP from my Gabriel return, you know, or whatever. So, and, I, and obviously, yeah, and the compliance side of things, although I'm not a compliance expert, you know, I've got a reasonable idea of things like what you can and can't say in an advert or what you can and can't say on a landing page and stuff like that. And uh, I think it does make a difference. In fact, one one client I'm working with at, at the moment, I've uh, started working with fairly recently, he said one of the issues he had with a previous uh, agency that, uh, that did some Google Ads work for him was he was kind of paying for their learning curve because they'd never had a client in that space before. And so obviously, yeah, with, with when I'm doing it, obviously every client's different and they've got different marketing objectives and different websites and different audiences you know at least all that foundation stuff I already know from countless other campaigns and clients and it's really important I think to use somebody that knows not only the the mortgage market but the UK mortgage market because and we'll talk about keywords in a bit but in America it's all about security deposits and it's all holding them in escrow and if you just picked up somebody off the internet they might do their research and find that mortgages which require to be, you know, when they're buying a house, it needs to be an escrow. Yeah. It's an American term, and you need to know all the UK terms to be able to deliver the best service, don't you? Exactly, yeah. And I do, you know, I find I've, in the um, in the coaching group I run, I've got one or two members who are uh, from, not from America, from Canada, actually, but um, but the same thing applies. Although I, I can tell the difference, although I basically understand what they're doing, there's just that slight, well, it's literally just a slight language barrier you know, remortgage yeah. becomes refinance and, you know, things like that. And just this, the way of doing things is slightly different. And, um, you know, and I've, I've spoken and worked with a couple of people in Australia over the last year or so. And again, theirs is slightly different. You know, even if it's just things like, you know, the number of different lenders available or the amount of regulation or, you know, things like that, it all just varies. And so, yeah, uh, my, I definitely prefer working with, with UK ones just because I've, I have I have less of a learning curve. <laughs> you, you know everything, don't you? Yeah. So everyone talks about, let's use the word Google. And I, I, I always think it's amazing that Google has become a verb now, considering it's a company name. So yeah. it talks about, I'm, like, I want people to Google this, Google that. I want people to find me on Google. So we all understand how Google works a search engine. But what is PPC or pay, pay-per-click when it comes to Google? Yeah, so I suppose it's, it's worth pointing out there are different sides to Google, aren't there? So, uh, and the PPC side of it is one side. So when you go onto Google and you search for something, let's say you search for um, mortgage broker Norfolk or mortgage broker Norwich, make it more specific, um, you will get 
um, the main body of search results, which is what we call the organic results or the natural results. And they're the ones where people have got there by, by doing SEO, by doing search engine optimization. So that's the main body of the page. Um, and then you'll typically have the results that appear on the map as well. The, um, so they're called the, they're the results that come from Google My Business for local search results. And obviously you don't get those. You get those for a search like Mortgage Broker Norwich, but you wouldn't get them for a search like um, handbags or something. Yeah. It's a localized search. Uh, and then the majority of the time at the top of the page and at the bottom, you'll get the, the uh, results that have a little ad symbol next to them. And those are the, the results that are put there by Google Ads. Mm-hmm. And those those ads are there because the yeah the companies behind them are paid to be there. But the the model of payment, and this is where PPC comes in, is a pay per click model. And the best way to describe that and what makes it different from most forms of advertising is if you put an advert in your local newspaper or you have a poster put up at the railway station or whatever it is, you're paying for the ad to appear. You're paying for the impression regardless of whether anyone looks at it, reacts to it, or whatever. Uh, the difference with Google Ads and other forms of PPC advertising is you only pay if someone clicks on your ad, and in this case goes through to your to your website. Um, so yeah, when people talk about, I want to be found on Google, really there's, you know, there's at least three things that could mean. It could mean the Google Ads, it could mean the organic, it could mean the local business results. Uh, and of course, that before you get into the fact that Google also you know, does image search and video search and whatever but on the main google search results page there'll be the three the three different areas and the three different areas are google my business which i talk about a lot which is huge seo so the organic um organic results so seo is search engine optimization so that's using specific keywords in your website and in your meta description your page description and then you pay per click so what is the difference between seo and pay-per-click uh, there's, there's a few differences. I would say the main ones are, um, firstly, the, the organic results, you're not paying when someone clicks on your organic result, uh, whereas you are paying if someone clicks on your on your Google Ads result. Um, now, that actually often leads to a bit of a, a myth of people saying, well, SEO is free, organic is free, um, so therefore it's better. Well, it's free insofar as you don't click on it, mm-hmm. uh, but to get there, to, to do the SEO work to appear in the organic results, is going to cost you upfront a lot of time and or money to do that to do that work. So um, I've I've often said in the past it's a bit like it's a bit like saying the NHS is free. Yes, it's free at the point you use it, but it's only there because you and everyone else has paid a lot of tax and stuff previously to you know to make it to make it happen. Um, so that's 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 one difference. Is I wouldn't say one's free and one isn't, but it's the way that you pay for it that differs. Um, the other big difference is that um, Google Ads is a lot faster in terms of getting results because if you if you set up a brand new Google Ads campaign, assuming you do everything correctly, you'll be at the top of Google within you know, normally a, a couple of hours. Uh, whereas if you're doing SEO, even if you're doing everything right and you're brilliant at it, you're unlikely to see any results for three to six months because it's a much slower it's a much slower burn. Um, the some of the other sort of smaller differences are with your with your Google ads, you can generally go after a much wider range of different search terms, um, just because the the amount of work involved in optimizing for keywords with organic is quite large. So you have to kind of narrow it down and say these are the ones we want to focus on. Um, and you get to write your own ads. So you're totally in control of you know what your what your marketing message says. Right. Um, whereas with the organic, you can kind of try and steer Google towards what to say. 
via the thing you mentioned, the meta description, but it won't always use that. It might just pull an extract you know, out of your out of your page. And that's something that's quite new because years ago I used to install what they called SEO Yoast and you'd be able to write the meta description of the page and it was very easy. You could set keywords. Whereas now Google, what Google are trying, as you listen to this podcast, what Google are trying to do is to make the search results that they put out there the most relevant to the user. So what they do is they essentially have artificial intelligence read the pages now, don't they, to make sure that that content isn't fake news or isn't is something to do with what that person searched for yeah i mean there's there's all sorts of that is that is definitely part of it there's all sorts of factors that google uses in its in what we call its algorithm to work out you know which sites to show for any given for any given search and yeah the content and the relevance of the of the page of the site is one thing um, it's also things like you know, how often that result gets clicked on, whether it's been shared on social media, all those kind of things. And the other big angle to it, which a lot of people overlook or don't know about, is in the very early days of, of the web when search engines were less sophisticated, yeah, it was purely about what you had on your page, on your site. And you know, that led to some ridiculous things like keyword stuffing. People would just put, you know, the word mortgage broker, every third word would be mortgage broker, you know, to try and just increase the word count of that term. Um, what Google does now is they look at what's on your site, but a really big part of it is how much authority they feel your site has. So relevance is one thing, but authority is a big thing. And what we mean by that is, you know, is your site a recognized authority um, on that particular subject? Um, so it's a bit like an analogy I often use when I've been running training on this is to, is to talk about the idea of going into a library or a bookshop and you're looking for a book. Uh, let's say you're looking for a um, a book on um i don't know the the second world war history of the second world war mm -hmm. and you've got you're going to the shop and obviously you've got things like the title of the book and the picture on the front cover and the blurb on the back will help you work out which books are about that period of history and that's the equivalent of doing stuff on your website to make it relevant but if you've got a choice of 10 books and then you know two or three of them are people you've never heard of um and one of the books is written by winston churchill you think well well, he was actually there. He was, you know, yeah. he, he was pretty heavily involved in yeah. the Second World War. He must know a thing or two about it. Therefore, I'll pick his book. And it's a similar thing with Google. They want to bring up results which have authority. And the way Google judges whether a site has authority is to look at the number of links for, that point to that site from other websites. So a big part of SEO, and this is why it takes so long and why it's such a, you know, a never-ending job, is creating content on your site, which is not only relevant, but which is going to be useful enough that other websites are going to want to link to it because each link to your site is effectively like a vote of confidence in the quality of the stuff you're putting out. Uh, and that's the bit a lot of people miss when we're doing SEO and that's why it doesn't work for them. And that's, I've always found SEO quite a dark art because people, you, you never, you never know what, what to, if Google came out tomorrow and said, we're going to rank every website above at the top. If you do everything bright green, you'd make your website bright green because whatever Google says, you jump, you, how high? Yeah. A great, I love the analogy of the books to explain SEO. It's a simple, it's tangible. And I think taking it one step further is we've got these 10 books. The top one is Winston Churchill because you've got authority, but then the bookstore gets paid 20 quid to put James Smith's book right at the front. And that's your paid advert, isn't it? Yeah. That's, yeah. You pay yeah. the hot spot. How yeah. does Google differentiate if I was to run an advert when people 
search the name. So when we say keywords, what we mean a keyword is mortgage broker Birmingham. Yes, it's a confusing term because very rarely is a keyword a single word. It's normally a you know a two or three word yeah. phrase or longer. Yeah. So if I was to run an advert on Mortgage Brokers Birmingham and you ran an advert Mortgage Brokers Birmingham, how does Google determine which who wins the spot? Um, so the the wrong answer to that is that it just looks at who's bidding the most amount of money. So each advertiser tells Google how much maximum they're willing to pay for each click. And every time there's a search, Google runs an auction. So in that example, if you're if we're both bidding mortgage broker Birmingham and you're bidding two pound and I'm bidding one pound, mm-hmm. then you're obviously going to win that auction. And you won't necessarily pay two pound for the click. You'll pay just enough to beat the next person in the auction. A bit like when you win an, win an auction on eBay. You don't necessarily pay what you bid. You pay just enough to beat the next person. Now, that's it was as simplistic as that in the very early days of pay-per-click. What Google have done is made it... Um, Again, they don't want people just buying their way to the top. Because in your example, that guy who writes the history book and pays 20 quid to have it at the front of the bookstore, mm-hmm. what if that book was really, really rubbish? In fact, hardly talked about the topic at all, but he just bought his way there. That wouldn't give people a good user experience. Mm-hmm. So to, for the same reason, Google has this concept of what they call quality score. And the position in, this, in the Google Ads results is determined by a combination of how much you're bidding, but also what your quality score is. And your quality score is measured through things like how relevant your advert is to the search term, how relevant your website is to the search term. So that stops you, for example, who isn't a mortgage broker, bidding on that when your website's about something totally different. Um, And it also looks at how often your advert gets clicked, how popular your ad is. So that means that in that example where we're both mortgage brokers, you're bidding two pound, I'm bidding one pound. If I've got a really well-written advert that's packed with benefits and, you know, and is more enticing than yours, so I get clicked more often, and I've got a more relevant website and all that kind of thing, I could actually appear higher up than you, even though I'm bidding a lower amount. And that's the, one of the beauties of Google Ads is that it's not one of those advertising platforms where it's just about who's got the deepest pockets. Um, not paid. It, yeah. It's about, you know, who who will put the money behind it, but also who will put the money and put the effort rather into delivering quality results to Google's users. And that's the reason why it's a playing field where small businesses like, you know, even one two man band mortgage brokers can compete with the likes of Barclays or Santander or whatever. Wow. I never I knew of I'd heard of the quality score, but didn't realize it was that in depth. And somebody like yourself who's been in it. I mean, how long have you been doing it for now? Uh, I first started using Google Ads in, I think, 2003, uh, when I when I had the IFA firm. So uh, 18 years, you've seen it evolve. Yeah. The best, is it the fairest playing field now than it have, has ever been? Um, I would say it's still, yeah, it, that aspect of it is still is still the same and it's still quite fair. I think what's, what's perhaps a little bit less fair these days is uh, as Google's introduced more and more new features, some of those features aren't necessarily the best ones for new advertisers or small businesses. And, and yet Google tends to make those the default options. So it's very easy now to set up a camp. Google makes it very easy for anyone, you know, with no experience to go in and set up their first Google ads campaign. And obviously yeah, there's a setup wizard that will hold your hand and take you through and blah, blah, blah. But that will also give you a lot of default options, which aren't necessarily going to be in your best interests and will potentially um, put more money into Google's pocket than they put into into your pocket as the as the business owner, 
Right. Um, and they just seem to be bringing more and more of those of those traps in recently. Right. I, wrote, I wrote a blog about it recently called sorry, four, four Google Ads traps you must avoid falling into because and that was based on the fact that, you know, over the last sort of three to six months in particular, every time I've looked at someone's Google Ads account and they said, oh, this isn't really working, they've fallen into those four traps. It's not their fault, it's just they've accepted what looks like a sensible default option. Yeah, because you haven't got the knowledge, you've never done it before. I, I do that. You go onto a website, you follow the D, you follow the wizard, don't you, to, to help set yeah. And Dave's going to talk us through three steps later on in the podcast of how, how to set it up. But we talk about keywords, and I just want people to understand what they are and how they can find their best keywords. How do they do that, David? So the keyword is essentially what you think your ideal customer is going to type into Google when they're looking for the services or the products that, that you provide. Uh, so, you know, we, we've mentioned some examples already. If you were a mortgage broker in Norwich, one of your keywords would be mortgage broker Norwich. Another might be mortgage advisor Norwich. Um, then there's all sorts of things around um, the actual, you know, products or solutions. So people will search things like first time buyer mortgage or mortgage with credit problems or um, mortgages for doctors or, you know, all the, the, the range of things people will search for is, is huge. You know, people people will search for all kinds of random things that you wouldn't dream of. Um, and because of that, one of the useful things about the way Google Ads works is if you bid on a particular keyword, that will show your ad for not just that keyword, but for some other search terms as well. So it, just on a technical point, we talk about keywords of what the advertiser is bidding on. Mm -hmm. There's also the search term, which is what Joe Public types into Google. Okay, so if I'm if I'm bidding on mortgage broker Norwich, and that's my only keyword, I will still appear if someone types in something similar to that into Google, like um, who's the best mortgage broker in Norwich, for example. Uh, yeah. You know, so you don't have to come up with every possible permutation of, of so as long as you've got the main sort of themes there, it will you know you'll show for a lot of other things. Sometimes that can be a bad thing mm -hmm. uh, because, for example, you might then appear if you're a mortgage broker who charges fees you might appear when someone searches for fee-free mortgage broker Norwich. Um, and obviously you wouldn't want that. So that's where you can use things called negative keywords to stop yourself appearing for, for those kinds of things. The, the biggest mistake I see people make with their keywords is actually having too many mm -hmm. and not being focused enough with them. Um, because um, people will, um, people would, as you know, and all your listeners will know, people use Google to do research. Mm -hmm. So, and the kind of person who goes onto Google and searches for something like, I don't know, um, how big a mortgage can I get? They're yeah. probably not ready to talk to a broker yet. Yeah. Um, and so if your ad appears for that kind of thing, um, you know, you might get clicked on by someone who's really just, you know, got no intention of making contact with you. So we talk about something called, called the search intent. Um, and, you know, even something like... Um, I remember years ago when I was uh, running public training courses on Google Ads, we had a guy came along, he ran a small business that did um, commercial kitchen cleaning, you know, in restaurants and schools and that kind of stuff. And we, we did a live audit of his Google Ads account. And he'd got some keywords in that were really good, like commercial kitchen cleaning company. But he'd also got keywords like co um, commercial kitchen cleaning. And the keywords that included company in them were performing much better in terms of the number of inquiries they generated. Because someone takes the trouble to put company in their search term, they clearly want someone else to do this job for them. Where if someone types in commercial kitchen cleaning, 
they might want a company to do it for them, or maybe they just want a checklist of how to do it themselves. Yeah, so that's where you think about, and the other big thing with keywords, particularly in the, in the mortgage industry, because anything in financial services, your cost per click can be quite high because there's a lot of competition. And if you're doing it right, there's, there's good money to be made from selling financial products. Um, so if you go after more generic terms, like just mortgage advice or mortgage quotes, a lot of competition and the, and the price gets pushed up. And this is one of the reasons why I'm always telling my clients and my and my people in my coaching groups that you should niche your business and focus on particular sectors within the mortgage world because the cost per click for a keyword like um, what I mentioned just now, mortgages for doctors, will be much lower than, than the cost per click for just mortgages or mortgage advice. And of course, the kind of person who takes the trouble to type in something more specific, like mortgages for doctors, is generally closer to the point of wanting to buy or wanting to get advice because they've been more specific with their search. Um, so so that balance of not going too broad, but not going too generic, it needs to be because it could be that you search that you set up mortgage mortgages for doctors in Norwich. Yeah, it could be mortgages, but you want to meet in the middle with mortgages for doctors. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, so, so, so being specific around location, like mortgage broker Norwich would be one one angle. Forgetting about the location and doing mortgages for doctors would be another angle. It, you, as you say, if you try to combine the two, you're probably going too narrow, and then you're not going to get not going to get anything from it. So, talked about the actual keywords. So, I've got my keywords. I've got say a hundred pounds to spend on Google Ads. What are the three things that I need to set up? How do I set up a Google Ad campaign? The very first thing you should do is not go anywhere near Google Ads until you've sorted your website out. Um, that's, that's one of the, the biggest mistakes I see is that people set up the Google ads and they start driving the traffic. What they haven't done is made sure that their website or the individual landing page on their site that they're sending people to, they haven't made sure that that is, is fit for purpose. You know, it's, it, it needs to be designed in a way that's going to take that traffic and convert it into a lead or an inquiry. Um, and yeah, there are lots of things you can do to a page to make it more persuasive, to make sure it gives people the information they need uh, in order to make that decision to contact you um, and everything like that. And that's a bit that people often often overlook. Um, right. And um, so you do need to get that side of things sorted, first of all. Um, and very often what I say to you is rather than recreate your whole website, just create a separate landing page that you'll use for your Google Ads traffic. Uh, and again, if you're if you're going into um, you know a particular niche, like let's stick with the doctors example, then that landing page needs to talk to doctors. You know, it needs to have the right kind of imagery. It needs to talk about the pains and the problems that a doctor has getting a mortgage and the solutions that your that your company can provide. Once you've got all that in place, then you can go over to Google and you can start setting everything up. And basically, you need to pick the keywords. Um, you then need to write your ad that will go alongside that. Um, and uh, it's a good idea to have more than one ad so you can test out different variations of your, of your messaging and your ad copy and see over time which one performs best. Make sure that your ad talks about the benefits that you offer uh, and try and put in there the things that make you different from other people. And of course, make it, as we touched on before, really relevant to the keyword. So someone's if your keyword is mortgages for doctors, that should be in the main headline of your ad. So people who've searched that can immediately see Oh, yeah, that's the ad for me. Because also, if you do that, you don't necessarily need to be right at the very top. You know, think about it. If you search for mortgages for doctors, 
and you see four Google ads come up at the top of the page, which is the maximum number they'll be at the top, and adverts number one, two, and three just say local mortgage broker or get, or get a mortgage quote, and advert number four says mortgages for doctors. Which one you get? Going- yeah, then you're probably going to click that one, even though it's not top, because it will jump off the page at you as being the one that is, is right for you. Um, and um, yeah, and then you need to set your your bid price you need to be sensible with that um you need to think really what you know what what is an inquiry worth to me and how many clicks do i think i need to have you know in order to uh, to get one inquiry so if for example to keep the numbers simple you thought well i I reckon that one in ten people who visit my website will make an inquiry Mm -hmm. um and i'm happy to pay up to 40 pounds for a decent lead well then set your cost per click at four pounds um you know don't go setting it at 10 pounds because you know, that might mean you're paying a hundred pound per lead and you might not be happy doing that. Um, and um, recommend is the, sorry to put in, what would you recommend? What do, what do people need to spend and how much should a lead cost in a generic sense of the term? It does vary depending on how niched you are. Um, and, uh, and also, you know, the quality of your website, um, you know, and how, how good it is at turning traffic into, into inquiries and also, you'll always find your cost or nearly always find your cost bleed starts out higher than it eventually becomes because one of the things you can do once you start running the campaign, you'll see, for example, which keywords work better than others, like like that kitchen cleaner example. I mean, you can pause the ones that aren't working. So you're making it better over time. Uh, but I normally say as a, as a general guide, if you want decent quality leads, you're probably looking at 20 to 40 pound a lead from Google Ads, depending how on how long should people run that for because although you say yes it is it can be a quick thing where you appear in four hours but doing all that testing are we talking run your google ads for three months six months 12 months oh no i mean you should if it's working if it's working correctly you should see you know a lead within i mean sometimes people get really lucky i've set up campaigns but i've had a lead literally within the first two or three hours um you know other times it can be a few days before it happens but you know you're certainly not talking months um you know you should start to see some results within within the first week um and then it's a case of you know of of refining it and whatever so you know for example i've um i've just helped someone set up their their first google ads it's only a small campaign for a one-man band brokerage and we said right we're going to take take two separate approaches here we're going to do some just generic localized searches um, so mortgage broker coupled with the names of all the different towns around where around where he's based. Um, and we're also going to do another campaign where uh, we only show the ads in your local area, because that's something else you can you can do. You can restrict it to only show in a certain area. Uh, and we're going to focus it on um, keywords to do with adverse credit. And now, now we can see after sort of running it for a week that the, the first couple of leads we've had have come from the adverse credit campaign. So now, because he's got quite a small budget, we're saying, right, we're actually going to pause the, the generic local one for now and just put all of our budget into the into the adverse one. Mm-hmm. And just by doing that, of course, we'll, you know, we'll halve our cost per lead if it carries on. If the adverse campaign carries on forming the way it already has done, just by turning off the campaign that wasn't doing so well, we'll immediately improve the cost per lead and the number of leads we get within that, within that budget. So like anything with online marketing, it's, it's not a case of just setting it and leave it to run you need to be checking it you need to be tweaking it to make sure that as you said pause the campaigns that aren't working but then spend money on the ones that are yeah you're going to be competing against other companies so you and i again we'll go back to that analogy 
I'm spending two pound, you're spending one pound. What's to stop you clicking on my adverts and increasing my spend? So nothing stops me doing it. Um, what, uh, and it is a fear that some people have that competitors will sit there doing that. I don't think it's as big a problem as people make out because frankly, you know, who's got time to sit there doing all that kind of just randomly clicking on ads all the time. Um, but more to the point, Google, it's obviously not in Google's interest for that to happen and for people to lose faith in the system. Because remember, this is where Google get all their money from, the Google ad system. They don't get any money from organic search results or anything like that. So it's, it's really important that people have trust in the system and they carry on using it. Other, otherwise, Google won't have enough billions in the bank. Um, so they have lots of um, sophisticated systems in place to detect unusual click behavior. So, you know, they will quickly see that, oh, that someone has just clicked 10 times on that ad from the same IP address, you know, in the space of 30 seconds. They'll know that that's not genuine click behavior and they will give you a credit. You know, the advertiser will get a credit on their account. And, and if you look on, if you're running Google Ads and you look on any of your uh, statements or invoices, you, you will almost certainly see every month something on there um, that says click adjustment or something like that and, that and a small credit. And that's where they've spotted some click fraud, as they call it. And they credited that back to your to your account. I never realised they refunded it. That's that's quite interesting. That as you said, you've got to keep the, the belief in in the um, in the system. So they'll track obviously those type of things. But how do you how do you track if they're working? Do you have to install the likes of Google Analytics? Can you do it through your Google Ad Campaign Manager? Um, you can do you can do basic tracking through the Google Ads um, system itself. So they will give you a bit of what's called conversion tracking code that you can put on your website. And then every time someone puts an inquiry in, that will send a message back to Google Ads that the person who searched for this search term, clicked on this ad, has become, you know, in the case of a mortgage broker, has become an inquiry, has become a lead. Um, you, I recommend doing your tracking through Google Analytics because you can get more data um, that way. And also, you know, you should be tracking inquiries, not just from Google Ads, but more your traffic sources. And Google Analytics will do that will do that for you. So I would say, even if, you know, even if you're not running Google Ads, if you're someone listening to this who doesn't have Google Analytics on your website and hasn't set up conversion tracking or goal tracking in Google Analytics, because you have to tell Google Analytics what, what is a conversion for you, um, get that configured because that will be useful data anyway, even if you, you know, aren't intending to use Google Ads at this stage, whatever. Um, Gone off on a tangent there. So yeah, your question was, can you see the data? Yes, yes. So using either of those systems, you can see which campaigns, which keywords, which ads are generating the, the conversions, the inquiries. Um, and then, yeah, that's when you can then start to optimize it and say, right, we'll put a bit more budget into this bit, a bit less into this bit, or we'll turn this bit off completely. You can even start to really, you know, as you get more and more data, you can start to look at it and you might see, hmm, we actually get 80% of our leads come in on, I don't know, a Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. And our cost per lead on those days is 20 pounds. And on other days of the week, our cost per lead is £50. You might at that point take the decision to turn your ads off on those certain days or reduce your bids on those days. But there's all sorts of fine tuning you can do the longer it's running and the more data you've got. And this is, this is the beauty of not just this, but any kind of digital advertising. You, you compare that with the kind of stuff we were talking about at the beginning about putting an advert in the newspaper or, um, or even an advert on the TV you know, or the radio. How are you going to track the response of that and if you've got two different adverts in the newspaper how are you going to know whether advert a is better than advert b 
you know, there's things, okay, there's things you can do by offering, you know, particular discount coupons in one ad compared to another and, you know, or saying quote this reference when you ring up, but it's not, it's not anywhere near as, as foolproof. Yeah, we're talking in terms of, because I suppose the TV adverts, the billboard adverts, the, the magazine adverts, more used for maybe brand awareness. If you're not using the discount codes, whereas Google ads, yeah. the laser focused, and especially you and I look after very similar clients that they are one man, two man, three or three man or woman bands where they, you need to make sure you're using the best of your budget. You're getting the best out of your money and Google ads used correctly and tweaking them sounds like the best way to do it. Yeah. And the reason is because if, if you've done it correctly, yeah. um, you know, I often make the comparison between, um, you know, Facebook ads and Google ads, because I, I find a lot of mortgage brokers, their, their kind of go-to thing is we'll do Facebook ads. And I don't know whether that's because they've been told it's great or they've heard it's cheap or because it's social media and therefore it must be brilliant or what, I don't know. But the, the, the big difference is with Google ads, your, if you've done it correctly, your ad will only ever appear in front of someone who has taken the trouble to sit down at their computer or pull out their mobile phone and type in something that indicates that they need the help of somebody like you right now. Mm-hmm. Whereas... If you put an ad on Facebook or you put an advert in the newspaper or the radio or whatever, yeah, there'll be brand awareness and brand building there. But the vast majority of people who see your ad won't need a mortgage broker right now. Um, they may do in a year's time or six months time. And so if you keep running your ads, eventually you'll hit them at the right time and they'll go, oh, yeah, I'll do that. And, you know, and because they've seen your ad multiple times, they're perhaps then more likely to respond to it as well. But why do that? when you could just go to Google and get the people who are actually looking right now. It's the equivalent. So if you, again, put it into real world terms, Facebook ads and anything like that is, is going knocking on doors. And admittedly with Facebook, you can, yeah, you can target it to people who are showing an interest in, in mortgages or whatever. So you're knocking on doors and you've got a reasonable hope that they're the right doors, but you are still going out knocking on doors. Whereas with Google ads, you're staying in your house or in your office and waiting for people to come and knock on your door because and then, you're, and then you're opening it and say, yes, we can help. And it's interesting. We, we had a conversation before the podcast started about the location and should I target nationally? Should I target locally? Can I target nationally and locally? And you, you made a fantastic point about, well, well you can, you can tell it really. Somebody yes. Um, so, so the short answer to your question is yes, you can target nationally and locally. Whenever you set up a, a campaign in Google Ads, it will ask you what geographical targeting you want. Um, so, you know, that could be the whole of the UK, could be the whole of the world, it could be another country, uh, or it could be down to a particular postcode or, you know, 20 miles around my office or whatever. So you've got all sorts of different choices there. And there's a couple of the thing we were talking about before is often people think, well, uh, I only want local clients, for example. So um, I'm going to um, run my ads, stick with that that broker in Norwich. I'm going to run my ads in uh, just within Norwich and maybe 10 miles around or, you know, something like that. Um, And that's a perfectly good strategy, but it is only one strategy. Because another thing you might want to do, even if you only want local clients, is run a campaign across the whole of the UK but with keywords that include the word Norwich. So like mortgage broker Norwich, um, you know, et cetera. And the reason for that is there might be people who need a broker in your area, but they themselves are currently somewhere else. 
you know, maybe they work away during the week or maybe they're on holiday or maybe, you know, they're moving from Scotland to Norfolk and they'd rather deal with a mortgage broker who's local to where they're buying their house. You know, so there's there's various different ways. I don't don't think that just because you want, if you do want local stuff that you should only run a local campaign. There are arguments for saying you should also run a national campaign, but where your keywords are used to focus it down just to people yeah, looking locally. I suppose don't think that you have to live in Norwich to search the term mortgage broker Norwich. You could be living yeah. in Scotland or you could be on holiday in Scotland or in Ireland, wherever you are, that will still search those terms, mortgage broker Norwich. And I suppose you'd run two separate ads for that, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, you do those in two separate campaigns. And again, you know, you might find you might find they both work equally well. You might find after a while that one's actually performing a lot better than the other. And then you change your strategy, you know, but at least you're you're changing your strategy based on data rather than just, oh, I don't think that'll work, so I won't do it. Hmm. Um, you know, it's like when people say, um, um, oh, I'm only going to run my ads um, Monday to Friday, nine to five. Um, and you go, oh, why is that? Oh, because no one will be looking for what I sell. Um, I, I find this, but I don't find this much with mortgage brokers, but particularly, you know, with, with advertisers who are selling to other businesses. Mm -hmm. They go, I only run my ads during business hours. Well, why is that? Well, because people won't be looking for what I sell in the evening. <coughs> well, you don't know that. Is one thing, and secondly, if they're not looking, the beauty of Google Ads is if no one's looking, no one's clicking, and it hasn't cost you anything anyway. Very so yeah. you know, so run your ads twenty four seven, and fine. If after two or three months you've got actual data that shows that the clicks you get in the evening don't turn into business, well then fine, reschedule it. But always make those decisions based on data rather than just your own assumptions or prejudices or whatever. Best, I think the best way to finish this podcast is to say you will only get charged when somebody clicks on that advert. It's correct, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, you'll only get charged if someone clicks. Awesome. Dave, thank you very much. Um, that's been nearly 45 minutes now. We've been talking about Google, and I feel we've gone down loads of little rabbit holes. There is a lot more to it, and that's exactly what you do, don't you? You offer training to people in the yes. Yeah, I have a few. I have a few clients where I run their Google Ads and their digital marketing stuff for them. But the majority of what I do is is training and coaching people to do this stuff themselves, either one to one or through the uh, group coaching and training program that I've got. So you have a, a free group that people can join and, and discuss these kind of lead generation techniques as well. Yeah, so I've got this, I've got a free group on Facebook, uh, which you can find at mortgagebrokermarketing.co.uk, um, and uh, that's got. Um, yeah mortgage brokers from um from mostly from the uk but also from america canada australia in there um you know and i share information in there and they can ask each other questions and stuff uh, and then i've got a paid membership where um where people can get access to online training courses that cover not just google ads but other things we talked about don't like how to niche your business how to build good landing pages all that kind of thing and that's backed up by fortnightly group coaching calls with me and the other members where we you know, dive into people's issues that they're working on and we demonstrate different things and that kind of stuff. Awesome. So um, you, can, you can reach out to David on, you're on LinkedIn, aren't you? On Facebook? Yeah, yeah. LinkedIn, uh, Facebook. Um, yeah. Uh, the is the website. That's it. The, sorry, I spoke over you then. The ppcmachine.co.uk, you can, you can reach him on there. But I'm part of the Facebook group. Um, I think it's a great group. You get so many people that do ask questions and so many people that dip in. And that's the great thing about the mortgage broker community is that everybody is out to help each other. It's it's quite a an unusual um, where everybody's running the same business, but are there to help each other. Yes, but I think it's nice because I think, and, you know, it makes sense because, 
again, particularly you said we're dealing a lot with one and two man band kind of businesses. Well, there's only so many clients they can deal with anyway. So it's not like, you know, by helping another mortgage broker, you're doing yourself out of business because there's, there's plenty to go around. There's enough people to help. No, thank you so much for coming on, David. And as a thank no, it's been you, a pleasure. Um, I will be donating £10 to a charity of your choice. Which charity do you want to make the donation to? Um, I've picked a charity called NAPAC, N-A-P-A-C, which stands for the National Association for People Abused in Childhood. So it's a lesser known charity, but one that uh, does a lot of important work. Good. We'll make the donation to them. David, thank you again for coming on. And please reach out to David if you've got any questions. He's a guy that's been doing this for 18 years. So he's the guy that you want to connect with if you want to look at Google Ads. Thanks for coming on, David. Yeah, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.